Are you working? What kind of work do you do? What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Desolation Radio. It's me, your boy, Dan Evans. I'm joined by the boy, Nathan Cush. Professor Cush, how are you? Professor Cush, I'm good. You okay? Yeah, real good. And we're delighted to be joined by an old friend, comrade, contributor, Mr. Tegid Roberts. Hello, Guardian. Hello, how are you doing? Kind of a benevolent uncle figure for us, Taggart. Um, oh, uh, we always go to you for advice and stuff. Cousin, cousin, surely. Cousin, yeah, younger, yeah, cousin of the same age. Nephew, uh, maybe. So Taggart is the currently uh, one of the well, you've got fingers in a lot of um, science and tech and other sort of pies. Um, you're the senior scientific advisor, Swansea University Engineering Department, working on. <laughs> What was it you said? It was, it's the impact project, which is automation, uh, um, robotics, and advanced materials. So it's a large, uh, it's a large research, primary research institution there. You trying to build an army, robot army? It's a good idea. It's a good <laughs> You're the director of Bank Cambria, which is um, essentially a well, trying to create a Welsh national bank. Yes. Um, and you're involved in a video game company, run consultancy, um, and you're an engineer and so on. And, we, and if you haven't listened to our early episodes, Tegid basically gave uh, an amazing explainer about you know how to sort out the Welsh economy uh, in a sort of radical way, which I still think is one of our best episodes. And I think if we'd done some of the stuff that you'd recommended then, what was it, nearly three years ago? 2016, uh, maybe, 2000, yeah. Well, nearly four years ago, we'd probably be in a lot healthier position than we are now. So we wouldn't need this episode that we're doing now, would we? <laughs> we'll just do one every four years with Tagit. Yeah. But yeah, so Tagit, today you're going to be talking about UBI, Universal Basic Income. Um, you've been a, a proponent of that for a while. Uh, it's a lot. It's obviously in the news a lot at the moment because the Future Generations Commissioner Sophie Howe has actually come out and called for the introduction of UBI in Wales. And you know, well, I mean, it was in. The U.S. presidential election, Andrew Yang was promoting it. L- Labour have kind of got like a mixed, a mixed view of it, but it's it's definitely on the on the table in within the UK Labour Party in a way it hasn't been previously. So it's moved from being something that was relatively fringe, uh, I'd say, firmly into the public consciousness. I mean, have I there been some uh, trials in like Scandinavia as well? Yeah, we'll yeah. talk. I'm going to say, but I don't, you know, I don't, I don't like the the term the Overton window, but it's it's something that is is gradually becoming a, a pretty consistent talking point. So what do you make of the announcement by Sophie Howe, first of all? Well, I think it's a good thing that she's um, asked that we have a look at it. I think, but we need to do a trial quickly and not prevaricate for another couple of years. I That's first, way. Yeah, <laughs> I first came across UBI about five or six years ago, I, I guess, and been thinking about it for, for a while. And... To me, it's a it's a it's a quick solution to you know, a whole load of problems. A whole load of problems. It's not there to uh, replace welfare payments uh, like uh, housing benefits. It's not there to do that, and it's not there to to replace you know a lot of unemployment benefits or disability benefits either. It's supposed to be an emergency payment that you know everybody should get. So that if they get into trouble and they lose their job or they have to leave work because they need to look after somebody for a long period of time, 
than they can do without risking their entire lifestyle, I suppose, is, um, way of life. And you know, one of the big problems with the welfare system is a lot of it's means tested, which I really disagree with because um, it, it can be very humiliating to go through a means tested system, particularly if you're disabled. Um, that's, that's really horrific. Um, right. and, um, applications are awful, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They are. My, my wife's been through it uh, a couple of times, and it, you know, it's really demeaning. It's humiliating. It's yeah. absolutely humiliating, and 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 you know, it, sh- it shouldn't be like that. There's a lot of you know, we've got hundreds of thousands of people in Wales who are unpaid carers, three hundred thousand. Yeah, and and those people are expected to live on sixty quid a week, uh, and and they're allowed only to work a few hours uh, a, a week. You know, they've got to work. Um, they've got to be a carer for forty hours a week already in order to claim it and then work on top of that well it's it's just it's just not a a good way to to work at all so universal basic income essentially how would you describe it in in a, in a sentence it's not so you're saying it's not um a payment that's going to replace welfare uh, or the existing system it's something that is going to be additional yeah if you're 16 or older you get an, an amount of money, and I, I pegged it at about £500 a month for the rest of your life. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So £500. And then, and then it's up to, the, it's up to the, the structure of the tax system then to be able to recoup that £500 a month one way or another. So if we are raising income taxes for the, the more wealthy, if we are raising land taxes for the more wealth, you know, more wealthy, you know, put more council tax bans in for the for the wealthy. You know, that five hundred pounds can be recouped. Large amounts of it can be recouped. And the idea is, really, is the fact that it can be put in extremely quickly. You know, UK government has the direct debit details of something like nineteen million households, if you include those who get get uh, direct debit payments for disability those who get direct debit um, payments for, for having children. yeah. So you can uh, you can get money to 19 million households very, very quickly because you've already got the plumbing details. Um, yeah, so this the, obviously the experience of the, the furlough and the, and the COVID crisis has, has demonstrated quite clearly how, how easy it is to do something along these lines within an extremely short period of time, which has put pay to, I guess, the feasibility uh, in terms of like the logistical practicalities that are a common or seem to be a common like uh, objection to UBI. Tegan, you mentioned that you were settled on the figure of £500. And I think um, in some instances, that's almost like an alarming amount to say the layman. But um, just checking one of my many accounts that receives universal credit. And uh, as I'm 25 and over, it's, I'm getting just shy of £410. Of course, you know, I've got a few accounts, so I'm getting seven times that amount. But the amount isn't that different, really, isn't it, to what's already been paid out for people who are on benefits? That's right. Now, the difference with the um, universal credit system is is that if you if you now find work, Nathan, does that does I that? I won't. But yeah. But if but if you did, did that universal credit amount change then? Does it? Yeah, yeah. It depends how many hours you work, yeah. doesn't it? And it might yeah. fluctuate. And then, of course, within the universal credit is like your housing costs and um, and other things. And if if you're a couple, it's a bit more. Yeah. 
the whole point of UBI was even whether you're working or not working, you'd still get that same amount of, you know, you'd still get that money. Because the, the challenge with, you know, a lot of work is now temporary. Yeah. You, know? you go and do a couple of hours here, you know, zero hours contracts are an excellent and disastrous example of this. You do a couple of hours here, a couple of hours there, and then you would imagine that universal credit amounts will be moving up and down all over the place. Mm. Yeah? yeah, from month to month. So you, you you don't really know what you're getting from month to month. The whole point of UBI would be it would be static, and it would be the same amount every month. Now I th I'm beginning to think that universal credit is starting to move towards a form of variable UBI. So because if you went back into work now, that universal credit amount would drop down to a base level, wouldn't it? Yeah. So yeah. So whether you're in work or not in work, it would drop down to a base level. That base level is already UBI, isn't it? Yes, because you will receive that amount whether you're in work or not in work. And that will, you know, you will still receive that amount right up until retirement, won't you? Yeah. So, you know, you could argue that universal credit at its base level has already implemented UBI. It's just that I don't think it's enough, nowhere near enough. I think that's worth clarifying because one of the one of the main objections I have seen, and I've obviously you know suspicions I have, is that you know obviously the the current welfare system is as much as absolutely barbaric. If you see it up close on a regular basis, as I do, you see people getting evicted because of uh, problems with their benefits. You know, people you know essentially people have died on mass in the UK because of the change to the benefit the welfare system. It is genuinely um, a horrific thing to to witness up close. I want to be absolutely clear. It's it's going to be something that's paid to people on top of the on top of their existing benefits, whatever that will whatever that would look like. Um, yes. So even if we moved away from, let's say, universal basic income uh, in like let's say in independent Wales, and we had a more progressive uh, welfare system, UBI would exist on top of that as well. Yeah, I think UBI should be permanent and the same yeah. and for everyone. Everybody gets it. It doesn't matter what you do, you, you, you still get it. Whether you're working or you're not working, you still get it. You know, right. and, and maybe £500 isn't enough. The reason I came up with £500 in the, in the paper I wrote for um, Nation.Cymru, Nation. but, but I, I also sent it to the uh, Welsh, uh, Welsh Government and the UK Treasury Select Committee UK, uh, and the UK Government, uh, sorry, the um, Westminster Welsh um, Select Committee as well, was was set at five hundred pounds because I didn't want to scare the horses. Basically, yeah. you know, you know, f nearly all of us can agree on a five hundred pounds. Yeah, it, it may well be. It needs to be higher than that. Um, but this is this is presuming housing costs and other costs are already covered. Yes. Okay. Yes. It's five. It's basically a, about a hundred pounds uh, a week to pay for your food, your clothing, some some you know your mobile phone bill perhaps. Uh, the bills that would be cancelled automatically if you couldn't pay them, and and then you know a bit of travel cost as well. Let's just briefly talk about the philosophical, or maybe uh, maybe underpinnings and objections or justifications for UBI. So I first came across UBI uh, back when I was a, a young master student, um, and it's it's in a book called. Um, Real Freedom for All by a guy called Philippe Van Paris, and it's kind of the first time I came across it, and it was like the philosophical justifications for 
um, a universal basic income. Now, in that book, I'm fairly sure he was advocating it re entirely replacing a benefit system with a uh, just like a one-off payment, but we won't get into the specifics of that. The reason it was a philosophy book, because it, it was about the idea of, you know, fairness and, and central to the book was this, um, what he called it, the free rider dilemma, you know, basically someone who just wants to surf all day in society versus people who who work. Now, for me, that's uh, that's a bit of a straw man, because I always consider UBI to be a way to help people, as you said, Tegid, who were who were in essentially awful situations to help them. But I think a lot of the objections to it come from this, you know, they are, well, you know, people are just going to, no one's going to work, you know, no one's going to work, everyone's just going to, uh, everyone's just going to take this money and society's going to collapse. I don't think that's going to happen at all. I, I don't know anybody who's genuinely lazy, genuinely, genuinely lazy. No. Well, you're, on, you're on a phone call with one of them. No, yeah. I, I don't think he is. I mean, you know, you, you're doing, you, you're doing this, you're doing Desolation Radio, yeah, you read an awful lot, you do a lot, yeah? Big media stars, aren't we? And that, and that is valuable to society. Yeah. Thank you. So during during the nineteen eighties, there was a there was a scheme. I can't remember what the name of the scheme was now, but it allowed people to to be able to live reasonably well and you know be be entrepreneurial. I think mm. it was. Yeah. And from that, we got an awful lot of uh, songwriters, an awful lot of poets, a lot of artists. Yeah. And. I, I don't I don't think we would end up with a lazy lazy society at all. I there's far too many people in society at the moment that are not paid for the work that they do. That's the point. Yeah. If if you're if you're a single mother with a couple of kids and you're working twenty or thirty hours a week, the rest of your time you're looking after your kids, you're driving them around, taking them to whatever, you know, you're looking after them, you're cleaning, and uh, uh, you know, and the same if you're a single parent man as well as i said earlier you know you've got we've got about three hundred and thirty thousand unpaid carers in wales that's yeah. over 10 percent of the population you know and who's who's paying them to do the work that they do yeah i mean most of the objections obviously come from middle class people who, who don't really know anything about what it's like to struggle to struggle if we're being absolutely honest um well it's funny that the people who object to universal basic income most are the those who have got trust funds, yeah. right? So they've got private basic income, yes, and and often that it's not very basic. It's it's considerably higher than basic, yeah. There's plenty of studies done on entrepreneurship as well, and a lot of people who start their own businesses and become entrepreneurs are those who have got a safety net or a regular supply of money coming in all the time. Well, why well, why couldn't that be anybody in society? Why does it just have to be? I I thought you know, that. Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, and uh, Elon Musk just made it by themselves. Yeah. They did. They, they just print money. Oh, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> this is, they, this they started is, their careers by being, you know, um, yeah, they just um, made just the money. Oh, a million pound loan or whatever from your yeah, parents. Yeah. From <laughs> their this, parents. This, yeah. this is one of the strongest uh, moral, like, class arguments for UBI. And this is what fries me when people, um, oh, I'm showing my colours here, I am a, a massive fan of UBI. But if you look at the creative industries, if you look at literature, like, you know, fashion, art, music, like these are sort of the classic examples because these are the areas in particular where working class people have been frozen out from because it's almost impossible to do anything creative these days. We spoke to, you know, Mike and Gethin and stuff from the um, LGSM and like they previously said, you know, the, the Dole, for example, 
could actually support was you know was enough to people to for actually live on yeah. and not you know be completely desperate and forced to work into an Amazon warehouse or whatever, which is what you, the current system does. Um, and because there was that there was a, a realistic safety net, um, create you know people who working class people had a chance to sort of have a go at the have a go at creative stuff without being made absolutely destitute. That's been completely taken away, and there's a reason that culture is now completely dominated by people with with means you know you're not you don't get working class people breaking into anything anymore because it's just but but not just as you said you know i don't like to use the ideas like entrepreneurship and stuff but you know there's a reason that only you know capital creates capital there's only you know when people talk about these business startups and all these entrepreneurs people like elon musk all these like self-made men these are people who come from like you know extremely rich backgrounds you know because um there's very 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 few self-made men yeah, exactly. Women. Very, very few. There is a few. There's a couple, but majority come from family with with you know with means. Sometimes a lot of money. Yeah, you know, exactly. You know, you have to. You have to. Like, you, I mean, yeah. What are you going to live on? I yeah. Got, yeah, a lot of people got plenty of ideas, but you know, if you can't just turn to have you know thousands of pounds to that you need to to start up a business, and the other moral argument from a class point of view is the fact that you know, like I always say, people throw at me, well. Oh, you know, work is meaningful and it gives people a sense of respect. I get that a lot. And it's like, well, you've obviously never had a job um, which you can do 50, 60 hours a day, which is completely pointless and not have enough money to live on. Like, no. you know, like a lot of the lads I, I work with or and just as I had to face it numerous times in my life. Care being one of the absolute prime examples of that in society at the moment, uh, a massively central and important um, and skilled role which is com- completely undervalued uh, and people really struggle to make a living and to keep a roof over their head in, in working in the care sector and so there's a moral argument as well as an, an efficiency argument I think. Do you think people would continue to work under UBI because obviously the idea of you obviously w- you're working on automation the way I see the justification for UBI and I'm sure you've mentioned it is the idea that there isn't going to be enough work um, for everyone in the future is UBI linked inherently to the idea that you know the automation it, it is in my mind because um, a lot of the low paid work the really boring work in factories could could be automated away now what would then happen to the the people who are working you know you, you wouldn't I would rather them go home and um, and you know, go and turn their hobbies into a business or, or you know, allow them to go and care. Um, you know, automation may well take, you know, a quarter or a third of all jobs, and that's public and private sector. If that happens, then, you know, instead of thinking of it as, as a completely dystopian future, we could be thinking it more of as a, a utopian future, couldn't we? But in order for it to be a utopian future, we need to know who the hell owns these businesses and and we need to make better use out of quantitative easing. So, so instead of passing quantitative easing straight to the banks and straight into loans, we need to be using that as a, as a means to fund UBI, yeah, and you know, and and changing the, sa- the tax structure so that we're recouping more of it, um, and you know, and removing a lot of these terrible jobs. You know that Amazon, so a Bessos would rather a factory in Swansea that is full of robots and had no people in it. Yeah, he would rather that that uh, that massive place in Swansea be completely empty and full of robots. 
at the moment it's cheaper to employ people isn't it because yeah, our flipping employment law is so rubbish yeah. yeah and we haven't outlawed zero hours contracts when we should i mean germany no zero hour contracts in germany minimum hours there 20 20 hours so in, in and that's been like that for decades yeah so the, the idea of zero hour contracts in in germany is is you know completely ridiculous they had to rebuild the nation twice though haven't they <laughs> that's well, probably why they had them well, we're going to have to redo it now, aren't we? I mean, yeah. you know, we are com we've completely knackered our economy now. Completely. They do a better model of capitalism, uh, or or more sustainable. And you know, as much as I disagree with it, is there's a clear difference between the German model and the, the British race to the bottom and American model. I just wanted to just talk about this a little bit more. I mean, I choose Germany because Germany is a you know is a is a capitalist state. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, so. You know, and, and absolutely nobody in the Tory party can then argue against against it. You know, Merkel is, you know, in Germany's right of centre. You know, Merkel in the UK is very left wing. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and I mean, that's how far to the right we've moved. Yeah, Speaking about right wing and left wing, um, this might be a shock to some people, but at some point Nixon almost implemented UBI, didn't he? Yeah, 1971. Very, very nearly did it. I can't remember why he didn't do it in the end, but um, it was. I, I heard he got an advisor that, like, last moment advised that you know said against it, and yeah. I can't remember who it was. It, oh, it may have been Alan Greenspan. Might have been Milt um, Friedman put put him onto it. Um, so that idea was the negative income tax. So yeah. if you there was an offset, I think it was about fifteen fifteen thousand dollars something like that in 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 uh, modern money. So you would get, you know, so every person would get $15,000 from the state if they weren't earning any money. And then as they earned money, then they would pay a proportion of that, 50% of that in tax. Yeah. So um, <coughs> it was, you know, worked, worked, seemed to be a good idea. I still think it's a good idea. Does it not? I mean, does it not worry you though the idea that someone like Nixon or you know Friedman, Greenspan, are push like would think the idea of UBI or a variant of UBI? Would be a, a good thing, you know, like these nefarious people with nefarious aims. There's obviously some, you, you know, the, not be around a bush. The Labour Party contain a lot of the pure reactionaries about everything, but I can see why a lot of them have reservations about UBI, given that you know you got Andrew Yang and people like Nixon advocating it. What is the right, you know, what would the, what is the angle that they're pushing? I don't know what I don't know what they're pushing. To be honest, um, I don't I don't know what the Republicans are pushing. But presumably something it, to replace the welfare system. Possibly, possibly the overall cheaper. Possibly, you know, in the UK and, and in Wales, as we were talking earlier. So what what I was what I was trying to say was that I don't know what the nefarious reasons uh, some people in in the US are proposing this. I, I think there's. On the left, if I can be so general, there's too much of an emphasis on universal basic services. The problem with universal basic services is that so many of our services in the UK have been privatised over the years, from utilities to, yeah. you know, housing. To, everything, you know, everything has been privatised. So yeah. in order to, you know, grind all that back would take a, a long time. Whereas yeah. a universal basic income would step in and, and pay your gas bill, you know, pay the food bill, and it would be done and dusted straight away. You know, 
if, if you saw it as a way to get rid of every single food bank in the UK overnight, surely it would be worth doing it just to do that. So, it, like, there's a couple of questions that arise from, from what you just said there. So, if we're accepting, mean, and it takes me back to the Van Paris thing, the, you know, the, the Philippe Van Paris article was basically, what, if anything, makes capital uh, capitalism tolerable? Because, obviously, ta- capitalism is appalling. He said it was like an efficient system, but obviously it, it works people to death. And so his idea was, like, you, you can institute UBI to allow people to take a step back. Now, regardless of that, but if you're talking about you're, you're almost accepting the commodification of universal basic services because it is obviously something that has been done. Everything in Welsh life or British life is privatised, essentially. If so, you're accept, so you're accepting that? No, in, no, in, that, that's the thing. I'm not accepting that. No, so, no, no. But so, as, so, in, no, in immediate so, term. So, so what I would say is is that you, if you apply the UBI tomorrow, you could yeah. not not fully eradicate poverty, but you could get rid of poverty over the the short term. Yeah, it yeah. then gives you enough time, enough yeah. breathing space to apply UBS in, you know, and say, right, we're going to set up a, I mean, we're doing it now. We're setting up a, a, a public bank, right? Another yeah. thing I'd like to, to have a look at is setting up a public energy company. Yeah. yeah? And then you know, the housing should come out of, of the third sector in back into the state control like it, like it is in Singapore. I again, I choose Singapore because it's a capitalist, free market state. Yeah, yeah. you know, food companies. You know, Wales, does Wales have a proper cooperative food company? No, no, not really. But wouldn't that be great? You know, but it would give us time and breathing space to to be able to implement these things, but not sit around waiting for you know thousands yeah. of people to die of starvation in the meantime. So it's kind of like a bridgehead, you know, it's like a, a bridging mechanism to uh, uh, give us time to bring these things back into... It's supposed to be a, you know... State, owner, a, state ownership, yeah. rather than... Um, okay, so... It's a Gordian... I mean, UBS is a Gordian knot at the moment. Yeah. There seems to be so many uh, things in the way of solving the problem, whereas yeah. UBI comes in with, uh, with, with a sword and chops the damn thing. Okay, so with the... Um, my worry about that is, let's say... It's a, it's a bridging mechanism. We've introduced universal basic income in Wales. Um, we'll talk about the mechanism we need in real life in a sec, but we've introduced universal basic income in Wales. You know, next week, everything else remains privatised, housing, things like that. What is to stop people, I use the word I used earlier because it's nice and nefarious, but, you know, the people who actually are in charge of our public services and our food supply and our utilities and everything like that and our transport just raising prices and price gouging so everything just moves up relative and, and poverty remains the same you know that's that would be the, the, the challenge is what would happen to inflation yeah sorry could i add, add on to dan's point as well in terms of like the worry of inflation is there actually the worry as well of employers deciding to pay less because the state will pick up um, some of the salaries so two part a few tagged Right, so part one, would would um, inflation go up? I don't know. I don't know whether inflation would go up. At the moment, we're in the middle of deflationary pressures because not enough people in the UK got enough money. There are 7 million people in the UK at the moment who haven't got enough food. Yeah. Right? So I think, you know, if inflation would go up because those 7 million people now have enough food, oh, I'll live with that. 
I'll, I'll live with that. You know, we, we shouldn't be worrying too much about inf- inflation when we are in, you know, we are in deflation now. Mm. Our, our economy, it will probably contract 30% this year. Mm. You know, it will, may recover and we might settle, settle at minus 14% over the year. You know, so in, inflation is not a challenge at the moment. The second question was, oh, employers, yeah? Yeah. Well, mm. if I've got enough money to live on, yeah, just about, I've got a bit of buying power then, haven't I? Yeah. That means that I'm not desperate for a job. That means the employers would have to pay me more to get me to work, surely. Wouldn't so this I? is almost like it's, the Kropotkin it's argument. It's completely the other way around. So the... Um, in terms of like predicting what would happen and so on and so forth, one of the other things, incidentally, that's happened, not just during COVID, but Brexit, and it takes us back to the old people wouldn't work argument, and which is also a lot of what the Labour Party people say, was that, you know, actually there is there are loads of meaningful jobs that still need to be done. Picking fruit is the one that's in the news at the moment. Where, you know, like fruit fruit's going to go to waste and, and food's going to go to waste in the UK because we can't pay you know, Romanian migrants like two pence an hour to do to break their back to do it. Does UBI potentially leave gaping holes in the economy where people justifiably, like any normal person would, and I certainly would, is go right. I'm not going to work now, um, and you know, you're going to leave. Actually, you know, the, the care sector, for example, people would just leave in their droves because why would you stay if you could be paid, you know, five hundred pound a month? Um, why would people go back to farm labour and why would people go back to to any of these shitty jobs um, that are they are shitty but they're as you know, they are actually net, they are essential then those jobs need to be better paid if those jobs yeah. were better paid yeah, yeah. so you, you know, absolutely yeah you know, if, yeah. if you think ubi is a is a silver bullet to solve low pay in care then it just isn't, is it? You know, yeah, of not. The, the, the way to solve low pay in care, in the care sector, is to pay more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah uh, it's to pay yeah, more. Yeah, but I mean, obviously it's just, you know. Fruit picking, fruit picking, and, and that ultimately will be automated. I mean, they are trying to find ways to, to automate that. You can automate the, the picking of, of certain types of fruit already. Apples and oranges can be can be done via robots. Far, far more difficult to pick very soft fruits. I, I get that. But it's not impossible. It's not impossible. Yeah, we could have like a yeah. uh, plum and apricot shortage. Um, yeah, but you know. Which, yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So, no, okay, so that, no, that's, thanks, thanks for clearing that because I think that is one of the, uh, the issue of what work is going to be needed is one of the debates that has to happen about um, UBI. But as you said, I mean, in an ideal world, you know, care would be nationalised um, <laughs> as well as most uh, most other things. So, and I just want to be clear: you view UBI as a so you in a, in the immediate future in Wales, you would view it as a as a bridge, a bridging strategy towards a a better world in the short term. Now, what levers would we actually need? You know, how would this be made be made possible in Wales? So the Welsh government has the ability to borrow a certain amount of money via the treasury, but I don't think it's anywhere near enough to to, to do UBI. If we are talking about 1.3 million um, workers, private sector workers, and paying them all 500 pounds a month, it's a you know it's a significant amount of money. 
So Wales would have to have the borrowing powers to be able to, to, to pump prime this, really. And then it needs to have the ability to change income tax income taxes more than it can now. So it can vary income taxes now, but not substantially enough, I don't think, yeah. um, to recoup. So, yeah, it needs the borrowing powers to raise the money. It, the Welsh Government also doesn't have any quantitative easing powers either, so it can't ask the, um, the Bank of England to, to digitally generate money, as it has done. I mean, the Bank of England generated £650 billion worth of money out of thin air in March, just in March. Magic money tree. Magic money tree. £650 billion is one-third of the UK economy. Yeah, GDP in one go. Yeah, that's just on you know somebody's spreadsheet somewhere. It's unbelievable, and we're yeah. worrying about inflation because of UBI. Yeah, six hundred and fifty billion is you know is mega money, really, really mega money. So you know, and 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 to run UBI in in Wales would you know would you know, be substantial amounts of money. I mean, you know, it's, it's six or seven hundred million a month, something like that. It's it's a lot of money. Could um could I just ask that say this for um for argument's sake say it did get implemented in Wales and everyone's getting five hundred pound a month is there a risk of that money perhaps like you know people spending spending stuff online that money doesn't necessarily stay in Wales you know um especially with the nature of money now it's not particularly localized is it is no. there a chance that you you can lose it and rather it doesn't kind of get recirculated in the Welsh economy. I think that's that's very true. I mean, so supermarkets typically only make about three percent um, profit margins overall. Yeah, so that's Tesco and, and others about three three percent something like that. So most of that ninety seven percent is spent on wages and the the the, um, the buildings and, and and also then the foodstuffs. So yes, there is a likelihood that's you know, a proportion of that money will will leave Wales, which is why we need Welsh businesses and, you know, cooperative assets in Wales to make sure that that money doesn't leave. We talked about, uh, you know, we talk about the foundational economy a lot in Wales at the moment. And, and, you know, if you actually look at your direct debits, you know, where your money's going every month, an awful lot of that money's leaving Wales now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I know that's, a, that's an entirely separate program isn't it to talk about the foundational economy and actually how much money is leaking out of wales every every month it's shed loads so tegan i just wanted to clarify um because i am deeply stupid when it comes to things about financing um and obviously this is my one of the reasons i have always wanted ubi is because i've always had shit jobs and i've always wanted to be able to take time out to to do some some writing basically and i haven't been able to um so I have always thought about how it would work, um, and I wanted to sort of spitball some different scenarios. And if you could just explain how, so let's say I'm a low-paid worker, which I am. You make between eighteen thousand and let's say twenty-two thousand pounds a year, living in the capital city. You take it home between I don't know nine hundred to one thousand three hundred a month after tax. Um, my outgoings be about five fifty rent, um, food, total utilities. I'm looking about nine hundred pounds. Total, so you left with about three, three hundred pounds, four hundred pounds a month, really, after outgoings. A lot, well, that, and I'd say that's fairly typical, certainly for most of the people I know. So, and then obviously you've got someone, let's say, who is currently on universal credit. They're 
let's say for argument's sake, over 35 to get a high rate of housing benefit. So you've got 450 housing benefit to cover your costs of your housing benefit, and you're getting your like about 400 pound a month universal credit. So am I right in thinking that under your proposed universal credit system, me, I would get an extra 500 pounds on top of my work? Yes. Okay, so yeah, you would. All right, so I'm getting five hundred extra more pounds in my pocket, which um, would mean that if you wanted to, you could work less hours. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. if you chose to say, right, I'm going to work four days a week instead of five, or I'm going to work three days a week instead of five, whatever, you could decide to do that, couldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. You say, right, yeah. I'm going to spend the, that extra day, uh, you know, on, on doing whatever you what, whatever you wanted to do with it. You could go and do a course. You could go and, yeah. you know, you could do something. You could do something useful with it, couldn't you? Well, it goes. You I mean, could pick up your crocheting again. You could. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, this go. This. You I mean, could open your Etsy accounts and you could just sell your crochet. I yeah. Okay. Again, crochet lingerie. I could go. I mean, obviously, I go back to Marx a lot, but I mean, the the, the core of Marxism is the idea of human freedom and like being creative. Basically, that's why you hate capitalism so much, is because people are denied the ability to sort of. To flourish and, and do the things they want to do i'm just in those scenarios most people i know would probably you know if your housing costs get covered when you're out of work which is how it works now you'd imagine most people would would, would quit work well i certainly i certainly would in that scenario but that we've, we've you know we'll talk about that later but it's just it's good to know that you know worry... I, I don't think you'd quit work you'd just reduce the amount of work you were doing I personally, I'd quit. <laughs> I'd hundred percent quit. But uh, but again, these are fights for workplaces. You know what I mean? Like for to have a, to have better to have better working environments. If maybe if maybe if my job wasn't hellish, then you know you'd want you'd want to stay for some form of fulfillment. But financially, I guess people would be worried that you know, uh, am I going to be worse? You know, am I going to be worse off? And I think that actually covers it for me. If it's everyone's getting, if everyone's getting more money. If I can just throw a a socialist curveball in one of the one of the problems in wales is uh well welsh political culture is actually a hostility to universalism even though that was like part of the rhetoric of clear red water the welsh government have been massively reluctant to implement anything universal and they are massive fans of of means tests and everything which is you know the legacy of blairism you know wales is like blair's legacy i think welsh labor is like you know Blair's Blair's baby one of the things they always use to justify you know not implementing something that's universal is that well you don't need to implement this universal thing to help poor people and also we don't want to do something if middle class people are taking it up and working class people aren't take you know aren't benefiting essentially so and that's that's been the argument with like tuition fees uh, childcare, it's, you know, getting rid of free swimming for over 60s. Oh, middle, you know, working class people weren't benefiting. It was just middle class people getting something for free. So presumably under this, you know, even someone who was making, you know, 50, 60 grand and was loaded would be getting 500 quid a month extra as well. They would, but it would, it, but it would go out the back door via their taxation. So, you know, you can't implement okay. UBI without changing the taxation system. Great. Yeah. So if I, if I was, if I was earning 50 or 60 grand, uh, a year, I would expect, or 50 or 60 grand a month, yeah, I would expect that £6,000 a year UBI payments to, you know, to be leaving leaving via tax one way or another. 
either via council tax or via income tax. Income tax is probably the simplest way of doing it. Yeah, just, you know. I, I, so you would imagine a more progressive taxation system? Very much so. Anyway, very much so. Very much would, so. But it wouldn't probably be, would it be feasible if we kept the tax system as it is at the moment or would we have to? I think it would be feasible, but I don't think it would be fair. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. so, so, you know, I, the idea of somebody earning, you know, 60 grand a month and getting again. 6,000 pounds from the state is, you know, it's back to poll tax land, isn't it? Yeah, you know, it's, it's 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 that's not that's can't can't work like that. Okay, so uh, Teged, now we've hypothetically uh, put Wales on UBI. How does it um, reflect the actual tests and um, you know trials that it has been implemented in real places? Well, the most recent test was the the, the one they did in Finland, um, and the results from that came out quite recently in, the, in within the last month, I think. And what they found there was that people on UBI ended up working more hours than they were before um, and they'd reported that their health, their general health and well-being had improved. Because one of the big things about making sure that everybody's got enough money is that stress levels drop, health improves, well-being improves, less violence, you know, less crime, you know, and, and you know, you could recoup quite a lot of the cost of UBI, not just through the income tax system, but, you know, having a far better, healthier society. I mean, yeah. it's basic, this. You know, it should be basic. Um, th there's a few countries in the world that have implemented a form of UBI. Australia's got a form of UBI. Yeah, so if you, if you don't work in, in, in Australia, you, you know, you get a fair amount of money per month, um, whether you're working or not. You can see why everyone wants to go there, can't you? Alaska has got a very, very small um, UBI, which is paid to all all, all adults, um, which is the you know from the proceeds of of their uh, natural resources, shall we say? I think um, Kuwait and no, I think it's Kuwait has a as a form of UBI, and that UBI is really quite high. But then in Kuwait, you also have a, a large um, migrant, very poor migrant population. Yeah. And they don't get it. They don't get it. It's only for um, citizens. Um, so, yeah, it, it is implemented. There's been a, a recent um, Supreme, I think it's a, the German equivalent of the Supreme Court judgment in Germany, which I read about a few days ago, saying that they've effectively uh, implemented the UBI there because it is now illegal to stop people getting unemployment benefits if those people don't want to work. It's now illegal. That's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. So, uh, saying that, my uh, my cousin's about thirty-two. He hasn't worked a day in his life. <laughs> legend. He's German as well. Just just uh, <laughs> for those context of like the example. No, that's um, Tegan. Is there anything you wanted to talk about or hit home that we haven't discussed? Because I actually think you've. I look at it now, and you've 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 covered all the objections and, and questions I had. A lot of the objections. Oh, can I ask one question, yeah. actually? Go on, Ethan. Sorry. Yeah, um, I was, uh, with all these discussions, I was just wondering, given the history, uh, you know, as we mentioned earlier about the welfare state, saying before that it was, as Dan pointed out, it was almost seen as like um, an unofficial arts fund for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But given over the, yeah, over the decades how the welfare state has been stripped and stripped, um, do you think that would be likely to happen with UBI? Yes, 
you know, if, if, in all honesty, it depends very much who's in power. Mm. I think the UK uh, as a as a as a state has become so blooming right wing, unbelievably right wing. Where even you know, even the talk of you know, you know social housing yeah. in, is you know disastrous. The, the idea that um, food banks are acceptable is is just unbelievable. You know that that we've just uh, normalised food banks is unbelievable. It, it, it's beyond me. That it really is beyond me. It's a, you yeah, know, it's, we, a dis- it's a disgrace. We've marched so far to the right. I mean, oh. yeah, it, it's 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 actually terrifying. And Wales is no different. It's just it, it's. I would say it's worse in many ways because it's people saying exactly the same neoliberal things, but they they add on some you know, radical progressive rhetoric to mask it. But um, one of the oh. things I wanted to. You know, if you're making the argument for UBI in Wales, one of the things that does my head in about, well, you know, Drakeford and this, like, the Labour tenancy is that, you know, they'll argue for everything on the basis that, you know, the British welfare state is is, is also possible. So, you know, that Drakeford's argued against, you know, the devolution of welfare because, you know, that would be, like, unsocialistic or something like that, something along those, those, those lines, which, again, is, like, based on this abstract idea that the welfare state is still... In existence, and they they have the same attitude when it comes to universal basic services, which basically doesn't take society as it is. It's just taking this, you know, they're saying we can't have UBI now because in fifteen years we need to we need to have renationalised everything and have universal basic services, or you know, and, and that's that's the well, that's it, the, it's it, it's worse than that. In order for in order for the Labour Party to to have universal basic services, it has to win an election first. Right, yeah, exactly. it has to win an election. Well, start with the it. helm now. Only a matter of days. Right, we've got another four and a half years of the of Tory government. You know, more or less guaranteed. So, are we are we really waiting till you know? But that's the middle their, of that's, the 2020s? But that's their mo. You know, the mo for Welsh Labour is like you know we put up with Conservative governments forever. You know. Because of this, this you know, this far off possibility of like you know an actually led welfare state returning, yeah. Um, yeah. which you know, and it's that culture which is the which makes me think that this, uh, uh, as you know, as as well argued as the argument for UBI is, I think you know some of the people in charge are are either downright reactionary or just blinded by this weird obsession with. You know, some distant future that just isn't going to happen, um, which stops them. You know, you know, which essentially means that you end up continuing with universal credit in Wales, for example, or continued privatised prisons because you don't want devolution of crime and justice because that would undermine the integrity of a welfare state, which doesn't exist anyway. Well, um, the integrity of the welfare state, if you if you want to call it that, in in Britain has been breached anyway because Scotland exactly. Scotland has got. You know, a large part of the DWP has been devolved to Scotland, mm-hmm. right? So that means the integrity is already knackered. So either you decide that you won't do anything socialist until you've got a socialist, proper socialist, not Keir Starmer, a proper socialist government in Westminster, yeah? Either you wait for that, which may never happen now, ever happen. <laughs> just missed their chance, yeah. haven't they? But yeah, a, they have just missed their chance again. It's a bizarre logic as well, because you know how do you select? How do you argue, how do you justify for the devolution of the NHS, which is obviously a part of the welfare state, but then say you don't want you don't want to devolve like welfare and crime and justice and all these things. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, um, 
the NHS was devolved in 1965 with the formation of the Wales office. You know, actually, the the NHS in Wales was was split off from um, the NHS in England. You know, some years before that. So, the, the idea that you wouldn't, the idea that you wouldn't go to the Bank of England and say it's it's time you renamed yourself the Bank of Britain, yeah, and that any devolved any devolved government can come to you and say we want to do quantitative easing yeah and it's your job to help us do that the idea that hm treasury wasn't just for england and then you know a you know bits for for wales scotland and northern ireland based on the barnet formula the idea that Wales, the welsh government can't go to hm treasury and say we've got this project we want you to raise government bonds on our behalf yeah, because we want to do this. Yeah, that doesn't break the integrity of the union, does it? Well, no. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah, it's well, and, and what they're doing will break the union. Yeah, so that they will push things so far that the union will be broken de facto. Well, you would, hope, you would hope so, but I don't really see Welsh Labour having many red lines. You've taken, you've made, uh, I would say, a brilliant argument for UBI, something I hope we can continue to talk about we were planning on doing like a live event on it um this can be difficult but maybe we could do a live zoom or something like that um in the near future what would you what would you do if you would you would you stay in work or do you continue to get involved in all sorts of uh things or is is all this an elaborate uh scheme so you can just quit work well but before recording Taggart was telling us the uh he's used gold bricks to build his house <laughs> That's where this all comes from. Tagger yeah. just, just wants to quit. quit yeah, I, I want to quit. No, no. UBI it, campaign. Yeah. No, I, I wouldn't quit work. No, because you know I, I want to. You know, I, I want to keep working. I, I enjoy working, but yeah. I work from home. You know, and, yeah. but there has been periods in in the last ten years when yeah. somebody, you know, somebody giving me five hundred pounds a month, no questions asked, would have yeah. been very, very useful. Yeah, exactly. you know, incredibly useful. Yeah. Um, you know, when when you know when my wife became very ill, you know, mm. I was not earning anything, and she wasn't earning anything, and you know, things were very precarious for, you know, for a while. And I think I would, the, uh... you know, the whole point of UBI is to is to keep people out of trouble. And the um, and yeah, and like welfare is no longer a safety net. I think. No. Um, and, and I think that's what, and that's what, that's the, you know, one of the fundamental, you know, that's what it should be. And, and like universal credit isn't responsive to people falling out of work and things like that. You know, the fact that it takes six weeks to get it set up fully and, um, you know, it doesn't respond. sanctioned as well. Yeah, yeah. you know, as you said, Tegan, there are, if you haven't gone through periods of, of your life where, where, you know, something has gone terribly, you know, it might not, it might be difficult to, to appreciate like how important it is to have an actual existing safety net in the true sense of the word as a citizen rather than you know I, you're I, looking around for some help and then oh there isn't any money i mean i get it every day people are like oh can i get this and that and you're like well no you this is it this is how much money you've got now for the for the for the foreseeable um and that and that's the problem with the political class in wales whether they are politicians or not yeah. is they've never experienced that that no. That well, they, they haven't. How bloody stressful it is to not have any money. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, which which is why you know which is why desolation radio and you know things that other people are doing are so important is because it's really cutting through now. It, you know, yeah. it, it I'm seeing it beginning to cut through now. Um, I and, hope so. Yeah, because if you've never really you know struggled properly struggled and have the memory of that, then you you never ever know. And yeah. um, far well, too many people we um, in politics now uh, haven't got a bloody clue. No, and like I remember actually giving a talk with Hugh in the Senate, um, Hugh Williams, a few years ago. And it wasn't me, it was Hugh. Hugh said, you know, something along the lines of like, you know, we're lucky in Wales, we've got a political class which is closer oh. to, you know, us than than uh, than it is in like Westminster. And like, yeah, well, we don't have, you know, Jacob Rees Moggs and like landed gentry. I would say, you know, this crisis in particular is where we absolutely have a political class and a bureaucratic class who are completely clueless. You know, they like people make, all right, they, they're not like landed gentry multimillionaires, but no, they live in comfortable lives in Poncana and um, and they have always had comfortable lives and they have absolutely no idea what it's like. And that's been reflected in their attitude <laughs> throughout this crisis. Um, and yeah, hopefully people will start waking up to it. Yeah, and the civil servants that work for them as well. They exactly. Civil, you know, they haven't got a clue either. No. Um, good spot of uh, class hatred to end on, I think. There, um, take it any, any, uh, any shout outs or uh, more beefs. Shout, shout outs to 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 my wife and kids. You know who've you know right. we've been stuck stuck in here for weeks and weeks and weeks and now. Uh, so yeah, to, to the wife and kids, that that's Great. good enough for me. Oh, also my parents that I haven't seen for six months either. <laughs> That's what you don't like them, though, isn't it? No, no, I haven't seen them for six months. My my mum had a a, a really important uh, birthday this year, um, and uh, I haven't seen it for six months. And, and they don't do Zoom, yeah. So, so that's, and that's, that's nice. That's a nice wholesome. Yeah. yeah, for me, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a beef with Harry Potter. Okay. Oh, J.K. Rowling continues no, to be in. Harry Potter. thing is, like, I genuinely just hate Harry Potter's franchise. I'm just like, it's crap. Sorry to all the Potter fans. The thing is, though, it's just like, what are you doing, like, becoming a big fan of basically a children's book? Like, yeah. Teg has just taken off his wizard's hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Continue, yeah. Well, obviously, yeah. Like, J.K. Rowling is one of the one of the worst, most hateful people in the world. And, and she, well, she's actually. It parallels this discussion. Um, she's got all the money in the world, and she's still absolutely, completely filled with hate and resentment. First, the show doesn't make you happy. Really weird. Um, but yeah, all right. Shout Dan, out. Who's my shout out to? Um, yeah, my family. Uh, to Indod, we've got been doing some really good work at the moment, policy wise, to keep you know to keep an eye out for that. Um, hopefully, some live Zoom events coming out. So, oh, can I uh, do a quick uh, shout out for me? Uh, it's really no, interesting. Yeah, any chance. All right, well, I'll not <laughs> shout out next week. Yeah, go on. I'll read this, read a book, um, which is really interesting, by Felix Martin called Money, the Un- Unauthorized Biography, which uh, explains money as, like, you know, a social, social concept and a social technology. So that's yeah. great if you're looking for something to read. And a show tag it there, yeah. That's... Good, yeah, good. Cool. Oh, you right. tell me you don't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> he does a lot. Yeah. Um, Right, thanks so much for listening all. Um, don't forget to subscribe to our Patreon. Follow so us we can Twitter. have uh, an unofficial UBI. Yeah, yep. well, that's what this is all about. Um, and yeah, just look after yourselves and we'll, we'll chat to you soon. Bye. All right, cool. Thanks so much. Cheers.
got a cigarette? Hey, got a cigarette? The light. Less important things to do. What do you do to earn a living? You mean work? To hell with the kind of work you have to do to earn a living. All it does is fill the bellies of the pigs who exploit us. Hey, look at me. I'm making it. I may live badly, but at least I don't have to work to do it. What would it take for you to get a job? Hey, I'll get a job. When I hear the true call. The true call. You know, the true call. I know when I hear it. Something else you want Yeah, there's something else. To all you workers out there, every single commodity you produce is a piece of your own death. What was your relationship like with your... End of interview. 